Okay, so one of the most famous parables in all the Bible, but maybe for reasons we don't always readily see. First of all, Jesus says this man's a Samaritan. Why is that important? All right, the Jews had all the knowledge of God, all the teaching of God, but yet they walked past this guy as he was beaten, laying on the side of the road. Samaritans were not Jews. They were looked upon as evil Gentiles, castoffs, nobody that God could love. And yet Jesus points, this is the guy that finds eternal life. How do we know that? Because the original scholar here says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus mentions taking care of this, of the poor, of the sick. This is how Jesus answers how to gain eternal life. Does it sound a little bit important that works mean something? Not works of the law. Jesus says that's been fulfilled. Works of love. This is our Catholic foundation. You know, non-Catholics, Protestants often misunderstand the Catholic teaching, teaching on merit. This is very important. Very few Catholics know how to answer this, and we end up being quiet and feel like I shouldn't be Catholic anymore. No. The Catholic teaching on merit is misunderstood. It matches the gospel. Many Protestants think that Catholics believe that you must do good works to come to God and merit those good works yourself to be saved. That is the opposite of our teaching. It's the opposite. What do I mean? Only Christ merits salvation. Okay? Nothing we can do merits salvation. But we believe in merit when we cooperate with Christ's grace by doing acts of love. This is important. All right? Only Christ merits. But we can, with his grace, live as examples of Christ. <clears throat> These are church teaching. What are the works of mercy? Okay, you have the corporal, meaning of the body, and spiritual. Let's just talk about the corporate. You remember them? Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, visit prisoners, comfort the sick, bury the dead. Misunderstood, but we'll talk about these briefly. Now, at the beginning of our Christian life, all right, God forgives sins and gives us the gift of righteousness. This is St. Paul, but he's not done with us. That classic example, Father, God loves me just the way I am. I'm having an affair. I have same, I'm acting out on same-sex attraction. I don't go to church, but God loves me just the way I am. Yes, he does. But as you hear me say, he loves you too much to let you stay that way. He's constantly asking you to grow in virtue, grow in righteousness. Now, Catholic theology refers to this growth in righteousness with the term justification. We heard it in the Bible. The scholar wanted to justify himself. In our Catholic teaching, justification isn't something that happens 
just one time and we profess it. I now believe in Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I am justified. No. It happens over the course of a lifetime. Conversion is daily. Not, I was saved on July 6th, the year 2003. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not once saved, always saved. It's not church teaching. You know, just knowing and professing isn't enough. Jesus himself said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will get into the kingdom of heaven. All right? Even just saying, I believe in God isn't enough. The demons believe in God. The demons believe God exists. But they've, been, they've, they've chosen damnation. Now, if one has faith combined with love, you fulfill the Gospels. You fulfill the Bible. Why? Galatians 5, 6. You need faith working through love. Notice the word working. Oh, but you Catholics think it's only about works. You are so unbiblical. Point out Galatians 5, 6. We need faith working through love. That's the basis of Catholic teaching. Now, <clears throat> yes, we are saved only by God's grace, but we have to cooperate with that grace by showing love to God and neighbor. Without deeds of mercy, without it, our devotion would not be real. As we said, not everyone who just says, Lord, Lord, will enter into heaven. For Christ does not only reveal the mystery of God, at the same time, he places before us the demand to be merciful. Brother Elliot will read what Jesus told St. Faustina about works of mercy. He said, I demand them. They're not optional. Okay, you're a good person. You didn't kill anybody. But if you want to do the works of mercy, you can be a really good person. No, they're necessary for salvation because you're cooperating with God's grace. You're not meriting salvation. You're cooperating with Christ's merit that he gave us. It's accepting the gift by living it, being another Christ. John Paul II states that this requirement constitutes the very heart of the gospel. What requirement, Father? Being merciful. All right? It's a commandment. It's a commandment. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. That's why we're here. This is why the Marian Fathers are all about mercy. This is what it is. You know, our Lord told this to St. Faustina throughout the whole diary. All right, so let's real quick finish by going through each of these seven real, real briefly because we sometimes don't understand them. First one, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Matthew 25. Now, you don't think that these works of mercy are important? Matthew 25, remember the sheep and the goats, or sheep and the goats? Basically, they're needed for salvation. Jesus said, you do not have mercy. You will be thrown into the eternal fire. Does that sound optional? All right, let's look at these. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. First work of mercy, feed the hungry. <clears throat> now, we can do this in simple ways. We know the obvious making donations to the local food bank or helping a soup kitchen for the homeless. These are beautiful, all right? We can take, however, an additional step. Educate, 
Educate yourselves about hunger in the world. Um, how you can use your voice and your vote to vote for those politicians who are fighting against world hunger, making it a priority. You can help the Marian Fathers. We are around the world in our missions. Brother Mark, if you haven't seen on our YouTube channel, has been posting little videos about our missions around the world, India and Brazil and Poland and Kazakhstan and uh, all these beautiful places. You can help. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus that way. All right, next. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Well, that's just more than a cool glass of water on a hot day. Do you know that nearly one billion people, billion with a B, don't have safe water? We take it for granted. Do you know that three and a half million people a year die from water-related diseases? All right, every 21 seconds a child in the world dies without the lack of clean water, or from the lack of clean water. And one-fifth, listen to this, of all childhood deaths, one-fifth, do you know what it's caused by? Diarrhea. One-fifth of the world's death of children are caused by diarrhea. It kills more young children than AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria combined. And that's because of a lack of clean water. Wow. Giving drink to the thirsty can be done also by voting supporting clean water policies. Um, and finally, our good friend, Nermeen Rubin, if you watch our EWTN show on Wednesdays at 6.30, we did a special on her Water for Mercy, the most incredible charity that I have seen in a long time. They actually are within two to three years of solving Africa's entire water crisis. Amazing. All right, next, clothe the naked. Matthew 25, 35, I was naked and you clothed me. All right, you can always go through your closets and find things to donate. Don't throw away your clothes, donate. You know, but you can also sell them and give money to the poor. That's the true meaning of almsgiving. Almsgiving is not throwing your surplus $5 bill in the church basket. Almsgiving, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving are the key. Almsgiving is giving up something that you really like or really want and using that money instead for the poor. That's a perfect example. Those of you who are working hard each day to help clothe your family, give them food, give them drink, <clears throat> helping your own families, cleaning at home, you are actually practicing the works of mercy. It doesn't have to be to strangers your own family, at least outwardly. Now practice them inwardly with a smile. <laughs> Don't grumble or complain because then you lose the grace. All right, so do them inwardly as well as outwardly from the heart, not grudgingly or out of duty or just routine, but with compassion and love. Remember, the biggest crosses, the only way you get to heaven is a cross. And you know the biggest cross God gives you to get you to heaven? Your spouse and your children. They are the biggest cross to get you to heaven. To continue to love them and smile despite the aggravation. All right, number four, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. This was Matthew also 25. 
How <clears throat> basically provide shelter to the homeless? How can we do that? All right, we can start with family. We can do this. If you have aging or ill family members, welcome them in. Uh, people who have been homeless through fire or eviction, you can welcome them in. Supporting great groups like Habitat for Humanity or Covenant House. But you can also practice these works of mercy again by your vote. All right? Support the policies that lead to the creation of jobs, homes for the homeless. Another way also is open your home to visitors. When we have ordinations here, um, we also have a lot of times overflow of guests. Um, when I was ordained here in 2014, I, it was the most beautiful thing for me because I've never had so many people that I love in one place at one time. I had friends from college. I had friends from work. I had past coworkers, past employees, past college uh, roommates. I had best friends. It was amazing. And there was no room to put everybody. There was another event going on here. Hotels were booked. And so many people opened their homes to these friends of mine and allowed them to stay at their homes. Amazing. All right, just a couple more. Visit the imprisoned. I was in prison and you visited me, Matthew 26. All right, visiting those in prison does not mean being soft on crime, right? On the contrary, sometimes some criminals need to be locked up, a threat to society. Basically, though, throw away the key, yes, but not the person. We just don't throw away the person. That's, that's wrong. Punishment deters and quarantines, but friendship and prayer can reform and heal. You know, a true work of mercy is done by Christians who befriend those. I get letters from people in prison. Those, I always make an effort to respond to those because those are so important. These people have human dignity made in God's image. And you know what? One of the reasons the Catholic Church <clears throat> is not officially against the death penalty because sometimes it's needed to protect society. But the reason it's, it's dissuaded is because uh, the longer that they remain alive, the longer they can repent. Do you remember the story I just said the other day about Maria Goretti, the guy that killed her? He repented after years of being in prison. He didn't get the death penalty because he was a minor. Had he gotten the death penalty, he may not have had a chance to repent. Is that being soft on crime? No. It's just seeing the need. All right, two more. Care for the sick. I was ill and you cared for me, Matthew 25. You know, Mother Teresa once said, this is amazing, the greatest poverty, even though she took care of the, of the, uh, of the poor, she said the greatest poverty is not hunger and homelessness. This is Mother Teresa. Rather, the greatest poverty is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. Wow. Now we can help remedy this, this kind of poverty. We can. By making room in your schedule to visit the sick, go to the nursing homes. I know the COVID thing, people are scared to death. These poor people have been without visitors for two years now. I remember when I was in North Carolina, Man, how things were different then. And I would take my big yellow lab, Rocky, 
right into the nursing home. I would go visit the Catholic parishioners of my parish that were sick in the nursing home. And I remember walking by one room one day and there was just a guy bouncing back and forth and I figured he couldn't communicate or talk. He wasn't Catholic, that's okay. I decided to stop in and I was shocked. I didn't think he could talk. But when I walked in the room with Rocky, he stopped and he looked and he said, hello, my name is Terry. He was 47. He had been in that nursing home since he was 19. He was a tree cutter and a limb fell and the guy who cut the limb didn't see Terry underneath and screamed at him and Terry looked up just as the log went right into his head. And I remember I was there to visit all these Catholic parishioners and half of them didn't even acknowledge me. But I kept going back. One of the main reasons was for Terry. Terry was such a beautiful soul there at Huntersville Oaks in North Carolina. That made it all worthwhile. I got to hear his story. He hadn't had a visitor in years. We can do this. And finally, the most confusing, bury the dead. What is that? Okay, now most of us make sure that our friends and relatives have a proper funeral. This is true. Ensure that they have the prayers and graces to prepare for heaven. But we have to be needs, aware of the needs of the grieving. What does bury the dead mean? Bury the dead means help those emotionally to let go. To let go. We need to help one another to truly bury our lost loved ones by letting them go and trusting them to the hands of God. Jason, Brother Jason and, my, and I wrote a book about after suicide. It's not just for suicide. It's any kind of loss, any kind of suffering, how to get through it by entrusting them to God. You know, the most important aspect of this work of mercy, praying for the holy souls in purgatory. That's burying the dead, helping them, have masses said for them, offering prayers. So anyway, to finish, if you can't do any of these things because you're physically unable, you can certainly pray for these people. As you will hear Jesus say to Faustina, word, deed, or prayer. We can always do at least one of those, prayer. So you can pray for those also who are doing the works of mercy such as the Marian Fathers and any good religious community. This is not optional. God gave us this command. And if you believe the Bible, Matthew 25, you must do this or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. This is why mercy is so important and why we Marian Fathers have dedicated our life to it and why you as part of our Marian family can share in that mission. God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. 
If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.